Hello and welcome to the Hardy Report. My name's Edward Hardy and for today's interview I'm joined by Alex Greenwich. He's the member of the New South Wales Parliament for Sydney, the co-chair of Australian Marriage Equality and one of the leaders of the successful Yes campaign during the Australian Marriage Law Postal Survey. He recently co-authored the book Yes, 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 Australia's Journey to Marriage Equality. Alex Greenwich, thank you for joining me. Absolute pleasure. You ran as an independent for the New South Wales Parliament in 2012. Why did you choose to run for office in the first place? I have always been really passionate and loved Sydney. Uh, it's, it's a great city that I have um, lived in for most of my life. Uh, my predecessor, Clover Moore, who is the Lord Mayor of Sydney, was being forced to resign from Parliament uh, in a very unfair and undemocratic process that said she couldn't be both mayor and the member for Sydney in the Parliament. Uh, I reached out to her office, um, appalled that this would happen, appalled that an elected representative could be uh, forced out of Parliament, and so I felt like my vote had been taken away and what can I do? Um, and that turned into what I could do was I could run. Uh, I had a, um, a bit of a profile from my work within the LGBTI community uh, and around the business community from my work in recruitment uh, and, uh, and was very, very sort of fortunate and grateful to have Clover's backing and endorsement to run as an independent, um, meaning I was free of the, the political uh, party. Uh, power games and, uh, and processes and could really just represent my community in the parliament. I never thought I would get into politics. My time lobbying politicians kind of turned me off it as a profession, um, but I thought it was really important for uh, Sydney to continue to be an independent seat, free of the influence of political parties and vested interests. And I also knew that it was really important for the LGBTI community to be represented in our parliament. I've often believed uh, if you are not at the table, you are on the menu. So it's critically important to make sure that LGBTI people are in our parliaments and legislatures uh, across the world. You mentioned there about how you've been a passionate defender of LGBT rights. Shortly after taking office, you had to fight off claims, though, that you were a one-issue candidate simply pushing for marriage equality. Why do you believe people attacked you in this way? Well, when I, when I first got elected, one of the areas where I had sort of the, the, the largest profile was in my advocacy for the LGBTI community. Uh, and, you know, that was, that was obviously a, a real big positive because people could see that I could work with people across the political spectrum to progress and get something done. Uh, but sometimes opponents tried to turn that into a negative by saying it's the only issue which I um, was going to work on. Uh, so it, it, it wasn't, and I, I certainly hope I have proved that in my six years in office. Uh, being in the inner city, you have been an inner city electorate uh, you have very uh, unique and diverse issues which you need to represent. Probably about 30% of my electorate uh, is LGBTI identifying. So that is an important uh, cohort to make sure I am representing and being a voice for. We also have um, 
one of the largest populations of people who are homeless within the Sydney electorate. So it's really critical for, for a representative that looks after Sydney uh, to make sure we are a voice for people who are homeless, a voice for getting people into safe and affordable housing uh, and making sure we're building new social housing. It's also, the, the seat of Sydney is also where um, most of the, the country's um, our wealth and, and money comes from in our finance district and our tech districts. Uh, so critically important that I work with businesses, startups and small businesses around the reduction of red tape and how, how government can help rather than hinder uh, people do business. Um, there's also a changing demographic in the inner city. We have more and more families moving in, into the city because of the way um, through Clovermore's leadership, we have so many great parks and public spaces, uh, but we didn't have the schools. So a key part of my role has been advocating to government uh, for more um, for more schools within the inner city. Uh, so it's, it is a wonderfully diverse electorate with some of the um, financially wealthiest and poorest people, uh, a huge diversity in ethnic background, uh, and extremely passionate and politically engaged people uh, who keep me um, uh, very busy uh, and who I really love to work for and with. On the priorities that you focus on as a parliamentarian, you mentioned some of them there, you've tweeted in the past that New South Wales Parliament has a strong and proud history of MPs working together across the political spectrum to get things done. That's something you mentioned there that you do to achieve these goals for your constituents. Do you think putting partisan politics aside and working towards what's in the interests of their constituents is something that politicians in Australia's parliaments can learn? that in parliaments across the world, people can learn to get things done. Absolutely. And I'm really fortunate in New South Wales that uh, our parliament does have a really long history of multi-partisanship when it comes to some of the the tough um, issues. So whether it was same-sex adoption, which which Clover led the process on, or most recently there are debates on voluntary um, euthanasia, or harm minimisation, or any other forms of other LGBTI law reform, or women's reproductive rights, a group of us in the parliament get together, work together to to drive a result. Um, often with these issues, we find that no one party can deliver it, that you need people from across the parliament to come together to make sure the legislation is robust, to make sure the support is there, uh, and to make sure that all any any concerns uh, are alleviated and safeguards are, are put in place. Uh, you know, I am one vote in the parliament. Uh, so for me to be able to um, achieve reforms that are important to my community, it, it's vital that I work with people across across the parliament um, on on all sides of of the political spectrum. Uh, and that's something that, that I, it's a challenge which I really enjoy. Uh, and it's it's something that I'm really grateful to be able to do within New South Wales. Uh, I would like to see that happen in other parliaments in Australia and internationally. Um, the, the challenge in Australia is we have a strong two-party system. So cross-party collaboration can sometimes be hard. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you need someone on the crossbench and independent uh, to, to drive that process and to bring people together on issues. And and that's what I feel one of my key roles is. 
Turning to Australia's same-sex marriage survey, where you were a lead campaigner, you fought for a decade for marriage equality in Australia, and in 2017, Australians were given the chance to have their say on whether they believe same-sex couples should have the right to marry. The government chose to conduct this vote through a postal survey. Many supporters of legalising same-sex marriage argued the postal survey was a costly delay and potentially damaging. Why do you think the government chose the postal survey? Look, I think that the, the reason behind the Conservative government choosing the postal survey um, was, was quite simply to resolve an internal conflict. They didn't know how to deal with this issue. Uh, and so they thought they could outsource it to the Australian people. Uh, it, is, it was a total cop-out. Uh, a majority of Australians had supported the reform for over a decade, um, but there was a total weakness in leadership from our federal parliament, which really delayed the reform. The good news is the Australian people showed the leadership they weren't getting from Canberra, uh, and we saw a really strong result in marriage equality ultimately happening. Um, uh, but this was, at the time, uh, a politically convenient move for our then Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull, uh, which unfortunately uh, led to a number of people in the LGBTI community um, having some pretty unfair targeted attacks at them and, and causing a, a lot of trauma from having your rights and really your citizenship and your relationships put to a national public vote. You mentioned there about attacks on LGBT individuals that happened during the postal survey. Some of the campaign ads from those opposed to same-sex marriage pushed myths and falsehoods surrounding LGBT equality, what would happen when marriage equality occurred, targeting vulnerable individuals, playing on people's fears. Do you think this has had a lasting damaging impact on LGBT individuals and the attitude towards them in Australia? Well, I think, I think there would be different groups here. Um, there is certainly a group of LGBTI people uh, who were the direct target uh, and who were traumatised and who are still traumatised and really negatively impacted by the tone and uh, veracity of the attacks of the no side. And, I, and I'm talking about the sex and gender diverse community. I'm talking about um, same-sex parented families. I'm talking about the children of, of same-sex parented families. They were the targeted victim of the no campaign uh, and the damage they caused is lasting still. Uh, people, when we came to our one year anniversary of achieving marriage equality, there was a strong mix of emotions. Um, people were obviously relieved that it was done, celebrating that you know we had so many people get married and that we changed uh, we changed the law. But it was also a reminder for people about how tough it was and, and how targeted um, some some groups certainly were. I would say overall, the Australian people uh, did see through the emptiness of uh, the claims of the no side. Uh, they did reject it and they did vote overwhelmingly for their LGBTI friends and family members, uh, mates and work colleagues. Uh, but that doesn't mean the process didn't have a negative impact 
on certain groups, and, and it certainly didn't, and I believe that that's still the, the, the residual impacts of that continue on today. That was something that wasn't acknowledged by the politicians who proposed the postal survey or those who fought against same-sex marriage, that debating the rights of LGBT individuals in such a public and sometimes quite confrontational way can have a negative impact on the mental health of young LGBT individuals who are watching this happen. Well, certainly, that you know, the, the Prime Minister and a number of his uh, cabinet ministers really didn't care uh, whether it would have a negative impact on the LGBTI community or not. Uh, and they proceeded uh, forthwith with their plan, uh, regardless of the warnings that corporate Australia had provided them, that mental health organisations had provided them, that the LGBTI community had provided them, and indeed people within their own party had provided them. Uh, and, and that's why I get back to it was a, a politically convenient move for our Prime Minister, who was afraid of the hard right of his party uh, toppling his leadership, uh, obviously, um, you know, they ended up doing that anyway. And months later, um, Malcolm Turnbull lost the Prime Ministership. I wonder what would have happened had he shown the courage to stand up and say, let's save the taxpayer $100 million, let's not put the lives of LGBTI people under a national microscope, and let's just get on and legislate for this. You've described the No campaign as cowardly, stating that they spent millions of dollars to attack and demonise the most vulnerable in our community. What would you say to people like Tony Abbott and the Australian Christian Lobby, who opposed marriage equality? Well, you know, I accept that people uh, oppose marriage equality. Many, you know, some still do, um, although that number is decreasing over time. Uh, it's one thing to oppose something. It's another thing uh, to seek to attack and target vulnerable people in your opposition. The, the campaign um, uh, against uh, same-sex marriage wasn't focused on what they call, and I would put in inverted commas, traditional marriage. We didn't see these images of, of uh, happily married men and women um, and the important stable role that that plays in, in our society and we can't disturb that. That was not the message they went with. Uh, the message they went with was fear-mongering, uh, was scare tactics, was downright bullying some of the most vulnerable people in our community. And, and you know, the Australian Christian lobby, Tony Abbott and other key figures within the No campaign should be ashamed of themselves and they should apologise for the damage that they inflicted on others. Did you ever feel during the campaign like the no side might win or were you always confident that the country would back marriage equality as many polls had shown? Early on, my greatest concern and the concern of other people within the campaign was around the process. This was the first time Australians had voted for something in a voluntary capacity, because elections are usually compulsory in Australia, and it was the first time we had had an, a nationwide postal ballot. Uh, so people had to receive it in the mail, had to post it back. Uh, so but my concern was, would people fill it in and would they send it back? I was confident in the majority of Australians that supported it. Uh, and I was so relieved when we saw the very early return rates um, when those were first reported by the Bureau of Statistics. 
uh, that for people this was important. And what was wonderful to see is, you know, there was a concern that would young people, uh, you know, know what mail is, know how to post a letter, because it's something you just don't do that much anymore in Australia. Um, but the opposite was true, and we found that um, particularly young Australians saw this as an opportunity for them to shape their country as a fairer and more equal place for all. Uh, they got on the roll for the first time to do that. They voted for their LGBTI people, and they voted to make Australia a better place. Australia ultimately voted overwhelmingly in favour of allowing same-sex couples to marry. How does it feel after fighting for so long for marriage equality when the result of the same-sex marriage vote was announced and after years of campaigning, the country had backed marriage equality? Well, on the 15th of November, it was quite you know, overwhelming and quite joyous. Um, the, the challenge was, though, that we still had to get legislation through Parliament. The Postal Survey did not automatically enact legislation. Uh, it informed the process. So it was critical for me and other members of our campaign to get straight to Canberra and to make sure the political lobbying process began in earnest and that legislation would get through as soon as possible. Uh, so what then proceeded was a number of, of, of intense weeks of, of legislation um, and getting the bill through. We still had to deal with the games of, of the opponents of marriage equality trying to use the bill to actually increase discrimination against our community rather than remove it. Um, but when reform ultimately passed on the 7th of December, it was actually a, a very weird mix of emotions that I felt. Uh, I felt, obviously, a great sense of joy um, that finally uh, this had happened, a great sense of relief uh, that the long hours of campaigning for this reform were, were now behind me. But I also, I also felt a strong sense of grief. Um, this campaign had been a part of my life for over a decade. I had formed so many uh, strong friendships and relationships. And, and it sort of dawned on me on the 7th that that was all coming to an end. Um, so it was a strange day for me. It was a strange day of, of joy, relief, and also grieving. Uh, that a campaign that had been a strong part of my life and, and my identity um, was coming to an end. The fight wasn't over as soon as the vote was. You had to go to Canberra, you had to go to Australia's parliament and make sure that MPs implemented the will of the people, what people had voted for. But despite the country voting to legalise same-sex marriage 61.6% to 38.4%, some members of parliament didn't vote in line with the majority of the country. You mentioned that some tried to introduce further discrimination against LGBT individuals in Australia. Do you believe that it's wrong that these MPs were not representing the will of the country? They were seeking to further their own anti-LGBT beliefs? Look, I, I think in, in any parliament you do have a, a, a small cohort of people who are stuck in the past and don't want any change. Um, and that was certainly the case for a small number of Australian MPs. Um, how they will explain to future generations of their families that they were one of the few people who voted against this historic and momentous moment uh, is, is something for them. 
um, they missed out on being a, on playing a part in shaping Australia as a fairer and more equal place. And, and history will judge them, uh, I'm sure, in an appropriate way for doing that. How do you think, now that same-sex marriage is legal in Australia, how do you think the legalisation of same-sex marriage has impacted Australia and the lives of LGBT individuals living there? I think it has had a number of really positive impacts. Um, We have had about 100 same-sex couples get married every week since marriage equality became law, and that's extremely exciting. Um, We've seen uh, these wonderful celebrations of families coming together. Uh, We have also seen uh, a strong confidence in the LGBTI community that they know Australians are on their side. And when issues come up like uh, politicians talking about increasing discrimination uh, in schools against LGBTI teachers and students, the public reacts strongly. So we know um, more than ever before that Australians are on our side. Uh, I, I guess it's also had an impact in making sure and getting LGBTI people and supporters of our community really politically engaged, making sure that people are on the roll uh, and are engaging with their elected officials um, to, to make sure that they are voting for uh, reforms which are important to our community. Uh, so I think since we've had marriage equality, there's been a strong um, visibility of same-sex couples, a strong confidence that it's happened to the LGBTI community that we can keep on going. Um, but obviously there is also a strong awareness that there is still more work to do. Uh, we still have areas of discrimination law that need to change. And we certainly still have areas um, of, of health and other areas of law reform uh, in to, su- to support the sex and gender diverse communities as well. Despite legalising same-sex marriage, the fight for LGBT equality isn't over. What do you believe is the next step? What do you believe is the next fight for the LGBT community? What do you think people who support equality need to turn their attention to now? Well, I think an immediate focus for a number of people um, uh, will be around anti-discrimination protections. Um, There is a rearguard action coming from the far right of Australian politics uh, seeking to use the concept of religious freedom and religious protections uh, to target discrimination against our community. And that's happening at a time when when most Australians want to see all type of discrimination removed. Um, We also have to do things to make sure that people uh, can transition sex or gender without surgical intervention. Uh, We need to make sure that that there are rights and protections put in place for our sex and gender diverse community, for the trans community and the intersex community. Um, So there is still a lot more work to do. Uh, but we can do that with the confidence of knowing that we have a strong majority of Australians on our side. All of this public show of support from this vote has emboldened LGBT individuals. It showed them that the vast majority of Australians do support them and that they don't need to be afraid to be who they are because Australians are behind them and Australians want them to have equal rights and anti-discrimination laws and the support out there. Absolutely. Um, That doesn't mean, though, that in some parts of Australia and in some parts of um, uh, 
religious suburban areas or some parts of rural and regional Australia that people aren't still doing it tough. Um, and there is also more work that needs to happen in those areas to make sure that um, that the LGBTI community is getting the support they need and access to the services that they need. As I mentioned in the introduction, you've co-authored a book about the fight for marriage equality in Australia titled Yes, 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 Australia's Journey to Marriage Equality. Why did you write this book? Well, I think one of the strong motivations for writing the book was to really capture an inspiring journey of Australians showing immense leadership, uh, of people engaging in political process for the first time, people starting grassroots campaigns for the first time, and also celebrating the way in which marriage equality brought our country together, um, whether it was corporate Australia and the unions, people from across the parliament, people of faith in various multicultural backgrounds. This is a really inspiring story of what everyday Australians can do to make our country a better place. We wanted to make sure that that was captured um, through the voices and stories of those people involved in the campaign. And we hope that that will send a really positive message to other campaigns for social change. That's the message you want people to take away from the book, from the campaign for marriage equality then, positivity, that things are changing, things are heading in the right direction, and while there's still stuff that needs to be done, while there are still fights that need to be won, LGBT equality is heading in the right direction. It is heading in the right direction, uh, and beyond that, Australia is heading in the right direction. And we've seen since since the marriage equality um, movement succeeded, uh, we've seen really strong pushes for other really important changes. There's a strong push for constitutional change uh, to recognise Australia's Indigenous people and make sure the rights and protections long overdue are there in place. Uh, there are strong uh, calls for change in the way in which Australia tackles climate change. So we know that when Australians come together, they can do amazing things. And one of the best, strongest and most recent examples of that was the marriage equality movement. And finally, what are you working on at the moment? What campaigns are you focused on, whether that's LGBT equality or other parliamentary priorities? Well, at the moment in uh, New South Wales, we are in the middle of uh, a state election campaign. Um, so I'm, I'm campaigning hard to be able to retain uh, my seat of Sydney in the next New South Wales parliament uh, and continuing to work with the LGBTI community on, uh, on issues important to us that, are, that I've outlined. Um, a strong focus of mine is working to end homelessness in New South Wales. We are the country's largest economy, yet homelessness is increasing at twice the national average, with 38,000 people homeless on any one given night. Uh, so I am very focused on ending homelessness and working with the sector, with the government and with corporate Australia to see that happen. Uh, also, uh, you know, the the climate is warming and Australia is failing to address action on climate change. And I'm continuing to focus and work with people towards a stronger shift to renewables away from coal. Alex Greenwich, thank you for joining me. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. 
That was Alex Greenwich, Member of the New South Wales Parliament for Sydney. You can find out more about him on Twitter at Alex Greenwich and at alexgreenwich.com. His book, Yes, 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 Australia's Journey to Marriage Equality is available to purchase now. That's all for this week. What did you think about that interview? Let me know on Twitter at Edward T. Hardy. Until next time, goodbye.